beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. And I'm Zach McCoy. And we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscar Worsley Podcast, show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong, and what film are we watching this week? Zach. Well, what do you do when divorce is illegal, but you no longer love your wife? Let's find out by discussing divorce Italian style. Divorce Italian style. This is everybody's first time seeing divorce Italian style. Yes, it is. Big yes for me. That's Oscar firsties. Hooray. No fun stories, unfortunately. Mm. Oh, well, I guess we'll just jump into a breakdown. Break it down. Hey, best story and screenplay written for directly for the screen story and screenplay story film. Yes. Question mark. <laughs> Ellipses. Divorce Italian style written by uh, wins wins. And it was written by Ennio Di Concini, Alfredo Gianetti and Pietro Germe. Congratulations. Oscar. All three of you. Uh, it beats Freud, the secret passion with a story by Charles Kaufman, the screenplay by Charles Kaufman and Wolfgang Reinhardt. Uh, it beats out last year at Marienbad, written by Elaine Robet-Grillet. Grillet? I don't know how to pronounce that last name. Sorry for butchering it. That Touch of Mink, written by Stanley Shapiro and Nate Monaster. Stanley Shapiro, former winner, correct? Yes, uh, and uh, remind me later to talk about a weird note about that. Oh, yes. Okay, so Pillow Talk winner Stanley Shapiro back in the category and Nate Monaster, and our fifth and final film in the category, Through a Glass Darkly, giving Ingmar Bergman another award. <laughs> nomination Always that he doesn't want. Made. Or another, yeah, nomination. <laughs> Always the bridesmaid, never wanting to be the bride. All right, uh, but that's not it. We're not done, gentlemen. Right. Divorce Italian Style picks up a nomination for Pietro Germe for Best Director. And it picks up a uh, Best Actor nomination for Marcello Mastroianni. Mastroianni. Mastroianni, yes. I looked Mastroianni. It up before. Okay, I looked it up beforehand. <laughs> I keep forgetting that other I. Uh, Guillermo loses Best Director to David Lean for Lawrence of Arabia. Mm-hmm. And Mastroianni loses to Gregory Peck for To Kill a Mockingbird. Both of those real... <laughs> Real tough competition, guys. Yeah. Sorry for you. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, but that's it. That's our that's our breakdown. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's talk about this movie. Yes, lettuce, lettuce, lettuce. I have right. a. Let's see if I can guess Jonathan's. I think there's two. I my guess is three things. Uh, option D. Option I liked D. it. I liked yeah. the movie. It was good. Yeah. I, I Jonathan. I Jonathan. And, uh, I would say about 30 minutes left of the movie, woke up to the last five <laughs> and went, wait a second. <laughs> well, I may need a recap at some point, but I'm also pretty sure through everything that had happened up until that point. Um, yeah. that being said, there, there were some choices. I'm not sure if they were done on purpose. Uh, like the female mustaches. Mm-hmm. Um, very much on purpose. It, it, it just, I don't know. I, 
it, it felt like it was purposefully like making these women who were not unattractive by any stretch, right? Giving them unattractive qualities, and it just felt weird. Yeah, well, honestly, well, Daniela Roca, who plays the wife, yeah, you know, absolute fortunate woman. Yeah, 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 stunning. Uh, is very much made to look as unappealing as possible. Um, and it just felt because she, you could tell that that is a gorgeous woman that they yeah, are trying I, to ugly up. And I just feel like you guys either should have leaned hard into it a bit more <laughs> or just not have done it. I'm not sure what, what the point is. I just, it, it just felt like yeah. a swing and a miss. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, like I said, I, I liked the movie. I, for, especially for a foreign film, it, it, it did keep my attention. I just, man, I'm just so tired lately. <laughs> Jonathan. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I, I, I've had my busiest week in a long time. I yeah. nodded off a couple times during the movie as well. So, and, and I mean, it's not going to get easier for you, too. No, it's so. it. I, I really need to start watching these movies on the weekends and not after work. Well, and the thing is, I'd usually watch this at work, but because it was a foreign film, <laughs> I have to pay attention to be able to actually read the dialogue. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't right really for me. So. But other than that, yeah, I mean, <sighs> I have a question. How do are you bothered by narration so much when it's in a foreign language that you have to read anyway? Does it make a difference? Like, no, that actually didn't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered. Yeah, no, uh, it, it's honestly actually a little bit more appreciated uh, for a foreign film mm-hmm. because it's you know giving you a lot of exposition that mm-hmm. you kind of need, especially a lot of things that are just. <sighs> don't make sense uh, mainly because uh, let me we'll get back into this later i'd like to actually hear you guys as uh you know, overall so zach what did you think of the film well you know me i love the italian cinema um and this this movie um when it starts off it maybe you're not sure what the tone's going to be but then then it becomes pretty clear that it's like a, a dark comedy and a lot of the stuff, um, the choice for like giving her the unibrow and the, the little faint mustache and stuff. Uh, I think, you know, later on when they introduce her former, you know, little love interest and they have a flashback scene and she doesn't have the, the mustache in the flashback scene. It's like, okay, she's, it's been 11 years. She's been married. They've grown comfortable together. She doesn't care about her upkeeping so much. It's like that's, slight little suggestion of why he's why her husband's got a wandering eye or whatever yeah yeah. classic not keeping up appearance really ups the absurdism and the satire of it yeah yeah so um yeah i i really got down with this movie i there's (laughs) there's some stuff that's like uh sketchy and creepy but in the in the framing of a absurdist comedy it's all good i think so you know we'll come back to more specifics after hear what uh paul thinks yeah i'll just say real quick that i think that the sketchiness and the creepiness is warranted for the character but as you said we'll get into that in a minute uh yeah i thought this film was fucking hysterical (laughs) (laughs) i laughed so much at this nice Uh, I, i like i liked it's deep satirical cynicism and i like how much it leaned into a lot of farcical things 
like every time every time you see his sister he's like walking in on her and she's making out with her boyfriend or fiance like <laughs> yep. that shit was yeah. hilarious yeah i laughed every <laughs> single time <laughs> it's like hitting he doesn't give a crap you know they're so concerned about that, that was the part that i loved the most about that running gag it's just how much he was just like all right <laughs> yeah whatever <laughs> They're like, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, I don't care. Just <laughs> <laughs> every fucking time. Yeah. Uh, I I had a great time during this movie. Me too. Excellent. Well, so of the things that bugged me, some of them were, I think, issues that are more in the mechanical side of things, like the voice dubbing, I thought just didn't match up with the lips at all. And I know I'm not actually listening or reading what they're saying, but it just, it, 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 it bugged me throughout a lot of the movie. Um, yeah. I don't, I haven't read about the specifics. I know there, there's occasionally an, some issues with um, Italian films or, or, you know, foreign language films that we receive in America that maybe they have a, a re-recording of some dialogue or something. Yeah. I, I I don't know, but yeah, I, I I noticed where a few things didn't match up, but it wasn't yeah. all like that. But not no, not it wasn't the whole movie. But there were just some scenes that just kind of bugged me. And the other thing right. is, Italian people talk so fucking fast. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> the captions are following that, and I'm just like, all right, guys, slow down. Like I'm a fast reader, but those those I'm Latin languages stuff, they just man. flow. Yeah, just keep mm-hmm. going. But other than that, though, I mean, it's just. The ending bugged me a little. The very okay. ending? The very ending. Okay. On the so, boat? On the boat. Okay. okay. The the foot rubbing is what I'm referencing. At, okay. At no point did you feel like... It, it really just felt like the point of it was for him to get some sort of comeuppance. Like, I, I also felt like it was a... A real like this is going to be cyclical. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like now she's married to him, and right. It's only been a few months. She's already she's already bored of this marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it just it didn't. Turn I out look for her the way that she thought it would. But you spent ninety eight percent of the movie hearing about her basically just complete devotion to him. Right. But also she's a sixteen year old, so I think it's a lot yeah. of you know you got the midlife crisis versus the teenage infatuation. And 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 when they're married at the end, she's nineteen because it's three years later. Yeah, yeah. which is still a problem for me because yeah. god damn that woman was fucking attractive. Holy shit, from the get-go. And I'm going, wait, she's 16. That's not cool. But good <laughs> Lord, that is just, as a as a person who can appreciate the human form, holy fuck. But other than that, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how old she really was. <laughs> Which she had to have been like, what, 14? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. holy shit. <laughs> like, I feel bad, but. Like yeah, just no, she, no, she was she was pretty, a I, gorgeous woman, like she, or girl. Yeah. <laughs> like um She reminded me of some um people I knew in high school. Fair enough. But I, I just like I said, those those were like the the problems that I had with the film. As a screenplay, I thought it was fucking like Paul said, hilarious. Mm-hmm. I every bit of that script I think was just phenomenal. 
uh, it's just like I said, the issues that I had were more along the lines of just like this is an older film and this is a foreign film, so they're I'm not I'm trying not to take points away for these kinds of things, but mm-hmm. it's just yeah, yeah. One of the things that I really like about um, you know Latin and Italian movies in particular is just the the liveliness of everything that's going around. You know, we follow uh, Fefe a lot and, you know, just in and out of all these rooms where something is always going on. All these family members living together. I mean, it's, it's almost like, you know, in Kanto in a way, but it's just like, yeah, right. Something going on. Cause it's, it's, it's him and his family, which is his sister and his parents and uh, his soon to be brother-in-law. And then his, I think he says it's his dad's sister and her husband and mm. their their children all living in this like mansion together. Yeah. And the story sets up I guess he's a impoverished nobleman. So they they've got this this kind of palatial residence that's kind of fallen apart in ways it hasn't been kept up very well. Um but they're all living there and doing their things. Right. And so it's his 16-year-old cousin who uh comes for the summers and you know he's a obsessed with her and finds out that oh maybe she has some feelings too and so the whole thing is he has to conceive a way to get rid of his wife and he can't divorce her because it's you know it's catholic country and it's illegal so yeah and it, and it would still be illegal for the next 20 years Jeez, <laughs> they didn't they didn't lift the divorce ban until 1981 that's that's crazy crazy <laughs> um so, Oh god, that scene where his dad kicks him out of he's he's in the bathroom buying on his knees from window to window and then his dad mm. kicks him out and starts staring at her. Oh god, it's so fucking gross. It is. It absolutely Also, is. I, I might need to go back at that scene. Did he just like rip a fart as he was walking out the door? I didn't <laughs> I think he did. I didn't notice it, but maybe hold on. I might I'm <laughs> we're gonna continue to talk and I'm just gonna Put this in the background here for a okay. second just to find that scene. Either that or right. the door made a loud noise. I can't remember. I heard something because I remember he apologized too. And I'm like, did he just apologize because he was in the bathroom or because he just ripped ass? But <sighs> uh, I fucking loved the lawyer. <laughs> like anytime yes. the lo- they had the lawyer on there, I was like, that guy was just like singing. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. So I'd love this, this real skewering of like Catholic, Catholic mores and these, uh, what's the word for, uh, hip, hip, hypocritical morals that come along with religious dogma Mm -hmm. where you got to come around with these workarounds and that workaround is murdering your wife. (laughs) Right. And, but he can't just straight out murder her. He's got to. He's got to make it look like she's cheating on him. Right. So it can be an honor killing. Yeah. And everybody's just okay with him murdering his wife who cheated on him instead of just being okay with, well, this marriage just isn't working. We've grown (laughs) apart. It's so ridiculous. It is. And his whole, the whole um, sequence of events where it just devolves into him uh, being shamed by the the town. He's like, yeah, okay, it's working. (laughs) This is, this is what I want. And and everybody just starts shouting, cuckold, cuckold. <laughs> yep. Like, all right, yeah. hold on. I'm at the scene. I'm at the scene. Okay. He, all right. 
I I wish I could share it. <sighs> it sounds like he did. It legit sounds like he ripped a fart, but it could be the pipes. <laughs> but I'm going to call it a fart. It's his pipes. Okay, sounds good to me. So it's, we're just, it's, we're going to make it canon. It's at the uh, the 10 minute mark of the film. Check it out. You tell me what you think. It's no less ridiculous than anything else that happens in this right. movie. Exactly. Right. Boil your wife in a cauldron, send her into space, or drown her in a quicksand. I've had space one was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, her but, burying herself in her in the sand because of her arthritis. <laughs> <laughs> I told Caitlin uh, she'd recently got an arthritis uh, <laughs> diagnosis. I said we'll have to try that next time we're at the beach. <laughs> Helps. Nan has some arthritis in one of her toes, and they said she she buried herself in the sand for arthritis. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, this is I there's very few foreign films I think I would actually go back and watch on purpose. Um <laughs> that aren't like Kurosawa. Mm. But uh yeah. this is definitely one I can see myself like be like, hey babe, let's watch this movie. I think you might <laughs> like it. <laughs> I it makes it makes me want to watch marriage Italian style now. Does that exist? Yeah. Oh, that comes out a couple of years after this. Okay. Uh Jonathan it, when you, Jonathan, <laughs> what do you think maybe uh, you felt like you might have missed or is there something that was like... You know, and I honestly can't even think of... Because basically it was somewhere in between... Let's see. So at this point, old guy, the, the old boyfriend, was already there painting. They had already kissed at one point. And I think it was like right after they had kissed. And like he was doing his like recording and everything. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then when I woke up, it was him painting her and his wife shooting him. And then Fefe basically, it seemed like he just kind of went, Oh, opportune time. Bang. <laughs> well, so, <laughs> so <laughs> what happened? I missed is, something in between. Yeah. So, so what happens is the, the cousin, the, the uncle finds out that the cousin's in love with uh, Fefe. Yeah. He intercepts a, intercepts a letter by mistake. <laughs> gotcha. And ends up dying. Has a heart attack, yep, dies. Has a heart attack from reading the letter. <laughs> and he like looks he looks Fefe in the eyes, he's dying. He's like, You scoundrel, I know what you've done. Yeah. And he dies. So they're at the funeral, and the the wife and the other husband have run off together. They've done R U N N O F T. Yeah. And uh and and they ran off while he well the rest of the town was watching La Dolce Vita, the movie that Zach last week said uh, was a good movie to jerk off to. <laughs> yep. Um, the whole town's watching La Dolce Vita together. Starring <laughs> Marcello Mastroianni. Star- <laughs> yeah, Mastroianni's in that film, and nobody's like, hey, this guy looks like you. Um, so so he uses that moment. Uh, the, the two of them meet up because they know that's going on, and they run off together. He goes to try to shoot her while she's meeting up with him, but he's too late and they get on the right. train and they run away. So at the uncle's funeral, the the wife of the guy who who the wife his wife leaves with comes out. She's like, Hey, I'm his wife. What are you how are you gonna solve this? And he's like, I, I don't know. And she slaps the shit out of him in front of everybody. <laughs> yeah. Spits in his face too. <laughs> and so, so that that basically sealed the deal as far as like his insult, and so anything yeah. that happens so would like, secure his. 
So he's like, I gotta go shoot her now. And so he's on his way to shoot her. And as he's going, she's already there and she shot her husband, but she didn't shoot his lover. And so he's like, he's like, what'd you do? She's like, I, I reclaimed my honor. What about yep. mine? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's when I woke up and I saw that and I was like, all right, cool. So we got here. Yep. Doesn't sound like I missed yeah. too much, but I definitely did miss uh, a couple of yeah points. I, I remember uh, briefly kind of on Jonathan meaning uh, to uh, La Dolce Vita being on the screen. Yeah. Um, so like, I was like, did I just, <laughs> did I see a titty? I don't think I almost just saw a titty there. <laughs> almost. And the, the future brother-in-law is like staring at the, the yep. actress from La Dolce Vita. He's like, uh, she's quite special. But, uh, I can tell she has the soul. This is just like, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. Let's go make it out in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> but again, here's here's that hypocrisy coming back where like the the preacher, their preacher's like, hey, don't go fucking see this movie because it's smut. And all these people who think divorce is the worst thing in the world, they're like, hey, we need to like gather together as fast as we can to watch smut. You know, <laughs> like, oh, so we're so we're all fine with sexuality, but we're not fine. <laughs> Just two people growing apart. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a fun romp. It, it, you know what? It was refreshing. It really was because I remember. So I first tried to start watching it a few days ago, and when I was at work, I'm like, maybe I can do both at the same time. And then me just going, ah, I can't do this right now. And I thought I was going to grump my way through this fucking movie, and I was like begrudgingly turning it on this morning when I put my kid down for a nap, and I'm like, all right, let's fucking do this and i enjoyed the shit out of it the entire time until i fell asleep and <laughs> yeah 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 three-year-olds are goddamn taxing error mm -hmm. but all right well gents do you guys have any additional notes on this film you know i was hoping to bring a lot more to this i, I didn't get a look up too much about the making of it and there really there really wasn't a ton of stuff on imdb or or um wikipedia so i, I don't really have anything else to yeah. really add to this do you have a you know jonathan normally asks you a question but this there's a there is a question you can uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going there okay there you go don't worry i was waiting for that section good good <laughs> is, is this the part where we we talk about an archive this this Sorry, normally so would be about the national but, film registry with it being an italian film i assume it would uh not be in the American archive. You are correct. So first, I'm going to go over some films from 1962, despite the fact this technically came out in 1961. We've already covered mm -hmm. that here. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a December 61, but we get it in 62. Uh, so some films from 62 that do go in, of course, our best picture winner, Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, Man Who Shot Liberty Balance, one of my favorite oh, films. Manchurian yeah. Candidate, another one I love. Mm -hmm. Um <clears throat> Kill a Mockingbird, and uh, we'll go ahead, go ahead and wrap it up with whatever happened to Baby Jane. Sixty-two, great year. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, uh, this is not in, but it did make its way into the Italian Ministry of Cultural Heritage's hundred Italian films to be saved, mm -hmm. a okay. collection of films from nineteen forty-two to nineteen seventy-eight that uh, the Italian Ministry of Cultural Her Heritage decided were essentially. The National Film Registry there. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> and uh, they just have them listed by uh, release order, but uh, uh, 
I'll go over a few things. The earliest film to go in from 1942 is Four Steps in the Clown. Uh, of course, Bicycle Thieves is in. Mm. <coughs> Sorry about that. Stromboli, uh, Two Cents Worth Hope, Miracle in Milan. A lot of things <laughs> that, you know, we heard about in uh, My Voyage to Italy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lestrade, of course, is in here. Mm-hmm. Paul is under attack. Killer bees. Don't, don't, don't die, Paul. I've been horribly sick all week. Sorry about this, guys. Mm. All right. Suddenly my throat just got real dry. Slurp to that. Mm-hmm. I will say something funny about the film Fefe is 37. So <laughs> it's like <laughs> watching these movies about the midlife crisis and things like, oh, great. That's my age. Yep. Yeah. Especially when I'm right in the throes of one. Oh, no. I've been in a midlife crisis for the last 20 years. <laughs> You're born old. Yep. Anyway. Eight and a half's in here. Knights of Kiberia. A whole lot of good stuff. Knights of Sidonia? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I was trying not to choke on my hot tea while he was doing that. <laughs> nice. So anyway. So that's where we are. All right. Here we are. Well, with that, let's get into our worst two judgments. And Zach. Hello. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm looking forward to next week and throwing down on some turkey and deviled eggs. Nice. Uh, Attack with my left hand. Yeah. Well, I got a question before we get to that. Okay. Uh, Does this movie deserve best original screenplay? Well, okay. So, weird thing. I'm not even sure why this is in the category since it's like apparently based on a book. So, um, and I was trying to see you know, the, the guy who wrote the novel isn't even like credited on the screenplay. So maybe that, I, I, I don't know. So that's weird. Which one? It's, uh, Undelito Dinor, man, my Italian. Undelito de Honor. Yeah. Written by Giovanni. Honor Arpino. killing. Yep. It's based on a novel. So I don't know the technicality or why it's in here. Um, but was, so, was the film made before the release of the book? See, this is the kind of stuff I didn't look up. So well, it's Night, fine, it came out in 1960 and the film came out in 1961. So maybe they were like writing the screenplay as the novel. Mm. Which, which I think is like um, later on, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but uh, Memento gets into the best original screenplay category, despite the fact it's technically based on a short story. Mm. But the short story wasn't released before the movie came out. Mm. So they gave it, it was able to, I don't know. Hmm. Um, Okay. I I am going to look at this really, really quick. Uh, Okay. I was wondering if maybe it was just like more of a scolding of morals and cultural things than an actual like character study, but it does, it does have characters and a story. So, uh, anyway, the only other film I've seen in this category is, um, <laughs> through a glass darkly, of course, cause I'm that guy. Uh, and I think that's a great, 
great film, great screenplay. But I am very happy with this movie winning. It's it runs long at a fast clip. It's funny. It's clever. Um, satirical. And uh, I loved it. So, yes, I think it deserves the award. What do you think, Jonathan? Um, I wholeheartedly agree. I enjoyed this screenplay. I, I enjoyed the story. I, I, I enjoyed just, just about everything about it. Like I said, outside of a few like I said, mechanical things that are just kind of probably something they couldn't get around for some reason or another, or like I said, to the, uh, the, uh, the attempt to de-beauty a few people yeah. was just not done well or well enough, I guess. But other than that, yeah, no, I think this movie absolutely, uh, deserves best original yeah. screenplay. Again, not seeing any of the other, uh, films but i'm sure eventually i might have come across one when we get to like the 80s (laughs) but paul um no i'm not gonna beat around the bush i'm just i'm gonna say yes uh this is such a fun film such a dark and disturbing and kind of uncomfortable film and i like that i like that a lot feeling a little discomfort time to time yeah I do love a dark comedy. Yeah, just say, just oh. especially especially when they can, especially when they can be so so dark mm-hmm. and just have you rolling on the floor. <laughs> yeah, uh, just good times, indeed. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Paul, have you seen a touch of mink? I have not seen that touch of mink. Me either. I want. I wanted to. Uh, it's got Cary Grant and Doris Day in it. You know, so Doris Day is back with the, the yeah, Pillow Talk guy. It's Stanley Shapiro's written it, who also wrote Pillow Talk, and yeah. But I was uh, reading the synopsis of it, and it has a weird um, thing. Like you know, we, they had that running joke about um, him being pregnant and Pillow Talk, and apparently in this movie, there's a. There's a confusion where um, a therapist thinks that a man is in love with another man. And then at the end of the movie, um, there's a baby and the therapist thinks the two men have had the baby together. Or <laughs> like, so, so it's like, I don't know what the running thing is for. So, so, so we know who was responsible for that storyline. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> so I just thought that was interesting. That yeah. running, running theme there. Also, uh, this was written by Del or directed by Delbert Mann, who directed Marty. Oh yeah, Delbert. Nice. nice. All right. Well, Zach. Yeah. Is this the worst best original screenplay? No, sir. I uh, liked it very much. I gave it the old standard four and a half, and I have it at my number nine, uh, in between Marie Louise and Battleground. So uh, interjecting a little absurdism into World War II there. Nice. Nice. I uh, I agree. It's not the worst. I initially had it at my number nine. And then I looked at everything above it and went, you know what? This is my number six. Ooh. I just, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I really did. So I got it just above the Lavender Hill Mall and just mob. Not mall. <laughs> Let's go there. And uh, just under Sunset Boulevard. 
Because, like I said earlier, I, I, I could see myself sitting down and watching this movie again. If for no other reason than to catch the parts I missed. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Paul, is this the worst, best original screenplay? It, absolutely not. I, I love this film. I had a great time. I gave it the good old Zach. Um, and um, I put it at my number 11. Mm-hmm. So I also have it right above Battleground, but I have it right under an American in Paris. Okay. Uh-huh. It's, nice. I think it's the top of my uh, my four, four and a half. So that means I have 10 five-star movies on here right now. Nice. Well, well, you know, again, this is one of those films that was really good, but I, this is one I would definitely say if you were going to watch an obscure film that we've talked about, I think this might be one of the few that I would put at the top of the list of things that you should watch. I, I, I think if you have not heard of this film and I had never even heard of it before, uh, definitely check this one out. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested because, uh, a couple years, a couple weeks from now in the category, there is a movie called Divorce American Style. Oh. But it's not a remake of this at all. Huh. It seems to just have been inspired by this. So okay. I'm, that's, oh, where is that? 1967. So I'm, I'm, I I might yeah. try to watch that. Yeah, that that might be something oh, I might want to. Oh, it's got Dick Van Dyke and Debbie Reynolds. Dick Van oh Dyke God. is the lead of it. <laughs> nice. Wow. Well, I hope it keeps the same tone. But with Dick Van Dyke, that may be a little difficult. I'm gonna say satire, it's so. probably not gonna be as dark as this. But I'm curious to see what we've come up with. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, with that, we're going to call that here. My name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on the Twitter, Twitch, TikToks, and on Letterboxd at Altorn underscore Occam. I didn't watch shit again. Uh, I don't know why. It's just... I started watching Game of Thrones again. Don't judge me. I, I, want, to watch, I want to watch House of Dragons, and I was just like, let's just do the whole damn thing while I'm here. So, yeah. yeah. I know it's coming. <laughs> Winter? <laughs> Zach, where can we find you? You can find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok at House Havoc, Letterboxd by searching my name. Uh, I started watching something. <laughs> I didn't finish it, though. Paul will talk about it. Um, the other thing I watched, the best film of 2023 so far, a collaboration of some of the most influential, important artists of the last 30 years. The new Paul Thomas Anderson directed music video for The Smiles Wall of Eyes. Obviously, I'm, I'm ribbing everybody. Uh, but it was a really good, well-shot, beautiful music video. If you, you know, I, a lot of I Tom love York's music face. videos. Yeah. I don't know what The Smile is, though. Uh, you, you said Smile, and I thought you were talking about the brian wilson album <laughs> no it's the radiohead side project with tom york and johnny greenwood so you know johnny and paul thomas anderson are besties and collaborators now so i just think it's cool that you know those guys mm-hmm. hang out and do stuff together yeah that that is cool maybe i can watch it on mute <laughs> there you go it's very it's very well shot so I, yeah i like all this all the stuff he directed for Hyam. so um 
Mm. Sure, he's bringing mm. it for Johnny Greenwood. Yes. So, yeah. Mr. Workman. Uh, you can find me at Father of the Fear on Instagram and on Letterboxd, where I keep a running tally of all the films that I watch. All right. I watched five 2023 films this week. Ooh. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I guess I'll run them down real quick. Um, How should I do this? Should I do this in chronological order from worst to best? I like a worst to best. Okay. All yeah. right. Good. Because I want to start by talking about old dads. <laughs> I I looked at this top three, and it's Bill Burr, it's Bo Keem Woodbine, and it's Bobby Cannavale. And I was like, oh, I like these three. Let me see what they have in store for me. Nothing good. This is <laughs> awful. Just an awful fucking movie. Oh, that's um, too bad. Look, hold on. Let me... Let's, Gilbert directed can... anything else? Nope, this is his his film directorial debut, and it is garbage. <laughs> it, it doesn't understand its tone, and it feels like... You know how Bill Burr has that real manic energy when he does stand-up? Mm -hmm. He's not... Like, his character sometimes gets a little manic, but his directing has none of that that snap and that punch. Mm. And maybe it he doesn't work. He and Charlie Day need to get a little practice in. Yeah, probably. Because, yeah, because yeah, Fool's Paradise is awful. In fact, those are both really far down on my list right next to each other. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, so I have currently watched 91 films this year, and only 90 of them have I ranked. Uh, because I refuse to rank 80 for Brady, it is a masterpiece that is unfair to everybody else if I rank it properly. Holy, I don't think I... Did I put that movie in my 2023 list? I don't think I did. If you didn't, you should. It's a masterpiece. I've seen it. Uh, it's great. Uh, yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, so out of 90 movies that I've watched this year, Old Dads is currently at my 83 spot. Woo. Wow. And I'm trying not to watch things that I'm not interested in. And I really don't feel like I should have watched the rest of this movie. I just needed to find out how it ended. <laughs> and honestly, it would have been a lot lower if the last like 10 minutes didn't kind of bring it up a little bit. Mm. But <laughs> but even in even in that last 10 minutes, there were still things where I was like, eh, that was unnecessary. Mm. Sure. Um, okay, I'll go for... Now, now that's the only bad movie I've watched. Everything else is four stars or more. So I'll go from my next four star film, which is uh, Totally Killer on Prime Video. And that's a, uh, a time traveling slasher flick. Ooh. Yeah. Imagine if um, Laurie Strode from the new Halloween movies uh, accidentally stepped into Back to the Future and tried to go stop Michael Myers in uh, 1978. Okay. And that's this movie. And it's a lot of fun. Interesting. I had a great time. Um, it was silly and it was campy and it was not as violent as I hoped, but still, still good time. Um, a lot of great performances, a lot of good Good things going on. I like it. I like this movie. Um, I highly recommend it. Uh, my other four-star movie I watched this week is David Fincher film, The Killer, 
on the Netflix. Uh, it would be a four and a half star film, but there's way too many Smith songs in it. And I knew that going in. So I knew I was going to be taking half a star away from it immediately. <laughs> but then I had to listen to the Smith songs. I was like, okay, that's right. I do not like this band. <laughs> <laughs> and they could have made that band literally anybody. And it re- it would not have changed. Yeah. Much like they, they could have made it the cure because, you know, we'll, we'll go with somebody that's comparable to the Smith that I think is a much more talented band. The only uh, good Smith is a Robert Smith. That's correct. And, and I think the cure could, could have bolstered this movie. There's a lot more energy in their music too. Um, this film's this, this is a very dark comedy and it kind of, takes you a moment to realize that it's supposed to be funny because it is so dry. Mm. But man, when it's funny, it's fucking hysterical. This is a, this is a fun watch. This is just a fun movie to watch. I, I was going to recommend it to my dad. I was like, Hey, I, I watched this movie, the killer on Netflix last night. He goes, yeah, so did I. <laughs> nice. Very nice. So I didn't, even have, I didn't have to good time. Yeah. That's the one I'm halfway through and I'm going to finish it this weekend. You should. It's I will. Good time. But speaking of four and a half star movies, I watched Anatomy of a Fall, mm-hmm. uh, a, a French film that currently at theaters. It's phenomenal. It is very sad. Oh, um, and pretty much, uh, my my best. My best um, comparison to this is uh, what if, um, oh shit, why did her name just drop? Meryl Streep and Kramer versus Kramer um, may or may not have killed Dustin Hoffman's character. Oh, okay. Mm. It's, that's this movie. And <laughs> I watched this the same day that I watched Divorce Italian Style. So, a lot of spousal <laughs> potential spousal murder. Mm-hmm. Sure. In, <laughs> in my day, it's kind of weird. Um, okay. I'm going to spoil two things. So if you don't want to hear anything about this movie, skip ahead a couple seconds. Uh, I, but these are, these are slight spoilers that aren't going to ruin the movie. They were, one of them was something I knew going in and one was something I didn't that, I want to say to reassure people who are going to go see this movie. The first thing it's very open-ended okay. and I love that. They do not let you know one way or the other what happened. That's awesome. Sure. Second thing it's going to look like it for a couple minutes there. The dog does not die. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that dog though. I don't know who trained that dog. That dog was such a good dog actor. I thought that dog was dead. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell you why. There's a big plot point that leads up to it. And then there's a big reveal of why it happens. Mm-hmm. And it's all very harrowing and tragic. Um, but the dog does not die. And it's the scariest scene of the movie. Gotcha. Okay. My number one f- 
film that I watched this week uh, was The Holdovers, the new Alexander Payne film. Holy fucking shit. Alexander Payne does Alexander Payne movies so well. Hmm. That's one that I do intend to watch. Yeah, it's it's wild to me that, you know, people uh, pick on Wes Anderson for having a visual style when Alexander Payne has like a fucking mood in every single one of his movies. It's always the same and it's always great. You know, I don't know why I'm not hearing more about this movie. You're the only one I've heard talk about it so far, but it's got I I see I saw ads it. for it all the time. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I saw a couple ads for it on YouTube today, which I was very excited about. Like, I think it's doing pretty well right now. So they're like, oh shit, put more advertising out. Mm. Like, let's let's really bump this up. Maybe if we can get some eyes on it, it'll it could get some Oscar buzz. And it's I think getting, it should. I think it really should. It's a really good uh rating so far. Yeah, it's like yeah. What's its uh God, I see score? what you're saying though. Uh they came up with an 8.4 on IMDb. I know that doesn't mean a whole lot, but oh, I good. mean, I mean that that's that's pretty much all fans. So that's telling yeah, you that well. the I normally say there's about 0.6 to 0.7 percent who are just going to trash something for uh-huh. whatever reason they want to trash it. So if you take that 0.6 point, if you give that 0.6 point seven back, we're talking about like a nine score. That's yeah, pretty fucking good. Yeah. But what were you saying, Jonathan? So I see what you're saying when it comes to like Alexander Payne, if you compare him to like Wes Anderson. Yeah. Where, like, because there are like I see, tone, yes. Because there are Alexander Payne films that I'm not a fan of. Like, I didn't like Sideways. Oh, it's my favorite film, 2004. <laughs> and, and I know that. And that's that. But like, I loved About Schmidt, I loved Election. Um, oh, the both of so great. Um, and the Descendants was kind of boring. But... I love the Descendants. Where else are you going to see a movie where George Clooney's wife cucks him for Matthew Lillard? <laughs> Fair. You're not going to get that anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. Also, I might be the only human being in the world that thinks that's an upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so holdovers yeah uh see it see it as fast as you can it it is beautiful it is a it is a very heartbreaking look at the lives of these three people and that's it's really all it is like it's just about loneliness and like isolation, whether it's self-imposed or not. And it, it's a beautiful film. And uh, Vinejoy Randolph, if she doesn't win Best Supporting Actors this year, she is my, my number one right now. Mm. She is phenomenal in this film. Yeah. It's definitely on my list. That's All me. Right. Zach, what are we watching next week? Next week, we're going out to the American frontier for how the West was won. Which you can watch on Amazon, Google, YouTube, or Sling TV. All right. Sling TV. Jonathan, I, I see you rolling your eyes. Don't worry. It's only 164 minutes. Oh, God. We'll get, get started <laughs> as soon as we get off here. <laughs> I fucking hate Westerns. Uh, I love them.
I know. Like my grandfather. It's gonna be one of the most westerns that's ever westerned. Yeah, you're you're you're, you're in for it. Yep. 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 I'm so All right. Well, in that case, we would like to thank Trav from our sister podcast, Leveling Up the Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We'd like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We'd like to thank Megan and J. Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Pod and on Facebook at the Oscorsi Podcast. I'm over salivating right now. There's way too much slime in my mouth. Um, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the all almighty algorithm. The almighty algorithm. The algorithm. The almighty five stars. Juicy starfish out of Paul's mouth. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> all this saliva got all over the stars, so they they uh, bulked up. I don't think you made bulked that any up. better. Okay. <laughs> sure, sure did not. So poor Jonathan and Zach did the bulked up starfish falling out of my mouth. <laughs> I'd like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs>